This is PhotoBizX episode number 543 and today we are talking wedding photography with a wedding photographer who has gone about things in her own way. She went from zero to hero in the world of high-end luxury wedding photography, meaning she didn't slowly raise her prices. She organized styled shoots and jumped straight in to high-end luxury and expensive wedding photography clients. A special guest is Lele Clavey, and I know you're going to love this one, which is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business, even faster than going it alone. I know you're going to love today's interview with Lele Clavey. It's coming up in just a minute. Before we do get into that, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Tracy Goodwin of Captivate the Room, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one. We talked all about, well, Tracy shared exactly how to utilize your voice to help generate more conversions and more sales in your photography business. She, well, she dispelled some myths that I think are out there regarding utilizing your voice effectively. And she also helped me to understand where I was going wrong with the way I was using my voice. I'm one of those photographers who has the habit of emulating my potential clients in a in a meeting. And I think I've said this before on the podcast that if Linda is in another room and she hears me, she after the after the meeting she'll say, What what who was that? You were you didn't even sound like yourself. You sounded like the, the couple. And uh, she generally said that when the couple uh, were uh, let's say bogans <laughs> and I started emulating the way they were speaking. And uh, yeah, I thought that was the right thing to do. And I, I find it quite natural and easy to do that, to emulate the people that I'm talking to, particularly in a client meeting type scenario. And Tracy said, yeah, look, it's okay to do some of that, but don't go too far with that because it does become obvious and you're not selling yourself in the right way. That was just one of the things that she covered. So make sure you do get back and have a listen to Tracy and what she shared, because I know it will be enlightening if you are using your voice, which we all are, in our businesses to generate conversions and sales. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you're listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you will not hear the full interview today with Lele. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. The good news, you can access the full interview for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership, and it gives you full access to today's interview with Lele. It gets you access to the full back catalogue. You can see and get an idea of exactly what you're missing out on every single week, which I can assure you are the best parts of the interviews, plus access to the members' Facebook group, discounts on different courses and training, and of course, access to so many of the past guests as well. That's all part of your membership and you can learn more about it over at photobizx.com forward slash try. We can sign up for that 30 days for $1 and again, see exactly what you're missing out on. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. I had some inside info on today's guest before reaching out and inviting her on for an interview. I hope I have the facts laid out correctly. She's a Melbourne-based wedding photographer who entered the market in a different way to most photographers. She launched right into the luxury market, invested heavily in her own branding and amazing styled shoots before booking any real couples. And I'm saying that in air quotes. In no time at all, she had made a name for herself as the luxury editorial wedding photographer and only books up to 20 weddings each year. Now, if you take one look at her website or her socials, it screams luxury, and it sits perfectly amongst the world-famous fashion labels like Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Gucci, and Dior. And if you have a look on her Instagram bio, she states that you can inquire about European wedding dates in 2025. And yes, she's fully booked already for 2024. I'm talking about the super talented Lele Clavey, and I am wrapped to have her with us now. Lele, Welcome. Thank you. Wow, what an intro. (laughs) 
Was I on the mark with everything I said there? Yeah, I guess it it sounds, if you had said write your own intro, (laughs) I wouldn't have written that because it sounds, I'm like, who are you talking about? She sounds amazing. (laughs) But I guess that's how I launched my brand was with all those things in mind. So now that they're coming to light and actually becoming a reality, yeah, I guess everything everything you did say is true. Unreal. Amazing. Look, I want to delve into how you got to where you are today, but what I'd really love first is to hear about where you are right now. Like, What are couples paying for a wedding these days with you? So I think I've been able to shoot up quickly because I'm not afraid to test my pricing a lot. <laughs> so basically I'll get the confidence from one couple that they're willing to pay you know, $5,000, which is what I start. Well, my first wedding that I had quoted was six and a half thousand. It had everything in it, album, second shooter, 10 hours. It was the full shebang. So actually not profit wise wasn't great, but just being able to go, oh my God, someone booked me for six and a half thousand. Before that, I had shot a wedding at the registry office for $350 for three hours. <laughs> so, and back then I was like, oh my gosh, someone's paying me $350 to shoot like fashion and beautiful emotion. And it was so, so special. So now as I, I guess, add some zeros to the end of the prices, I'm every time I'm like, oh my gosh, someone is willing to invest in me. Like that just feels, feels amazing. And Yeah, it gives me confidence. So now what people are paying are my Santorini wedding that I have now booked for 2025 is 18,000. Amazing. That includes travel. So whether that works out to be actually worth it, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Worth it in terms of how much profit am I actually getting from that because of all the time it takes for travel, you know, is it going to be $10,000 to actually get over there? And then how much profit do I make actually shooting? Yes, it's going to be an amazing time and the couple are amazing. And that's what I am constantly figuring out. It's not very strategic, I guess. How well, It's strategic in the way of me increasing prices. I have Excel spreadsheets, but it's not really like when I get to this many inquiries and they book these prices, therefore I'll put them up. It's I go with my gut. <laughs> nice. So give us a little bit of an idea about how you come to $18,000 for that wedding. Do you say, okay, business class seats are going to be $10,000 or I'm going to fly economy and save a bit there and, and have that as profit? Do they need to book for two days before, two days after and car hire and accommodation? Or just give us a bit of an idea of how you come to 18000 So first of all, what my current prices here are for 2025 it starts at 12.9. So I started that, that's for 10 hours, just coverage. And this is where going into the luxury market, what I started doing beforehand, the luxury market, high-end market, don't really want. So it was all I added was adding everything, a welcome package, which was like a little planner. I had prints, which I still do include, but it's all those things There's actually less is more for the luxury market. And so now I've just put it down to if they want those extra things, not a welcome package, but if they would like, you know, the second photographer, the album, it's not all included in the package. It is you're paying for my creative fees. And then on top of that, it'll add on. So then I asked around because I haven't done a destination wedding yet. So this is my first and I'm very excited. And so I asked around friends, how much is it to fly to Greece how much is accommodation? I did the little Google search and this is right now. It's really hard to quote because in 2025, which is actually quite far away and what I'm finding, I'm jumping around, sorry, but what I'm finding is that the couples that I'm shooting their weddings now, I'm almost, I'm like a couple of thousand more expensive, if not double more expensive than what I quoted them because me moving up into the more luxury space. You're right. So your prices have increased so much. They're getting an absolute bargain now. Exactly. Exactly. So when it comes to Greece, I will have to figure out 2025, you know, will I be charging 40,000 for weddings then? And so 18,000 is an absolute steal because 
I probably profit wise might get four thousand. Right. You know. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, looking at what you've just said, if thirteen k is for a Melbourne based wedding, so you know, you go for the day, you come home the next day, you wake up in your own bed, which is amazing. So why do you say yes to a wedding in Santorini for not a lot more? I mean, when it comes down to it, there's probably going to be less profit. Mm-hmm, exactly. So why do you say yes to that? First one, it's an amazing couple, portfolio, experience, and it's those risks that I've had to really learn and take from, or not risks, but like I'm going to trial this, see if I like it, was it profitable, what did I even enjoy it? And yeah, thinking about that price, to me, I was scared to give it to them. But it's actually, yeah, I guess a pretty good deal. Yeah, I think so. It looks like it. Yeah, but if I if I had said, you know, it's going to be twenty five thousand, like, would they actually? They'd probably be like, nah, you know, or maybe not. So it's those little things that I'm like, okay, I'll test it. Will someone book that price because they see the value? Okay, they did. Okay, I might, you know, go a little bit higher next time and then actually get down to the nitty-gritty. Was it actually worth it in terms of monetary value? Sure. So this couple for the Santorini wedding, are they Aussies? Are they Greek? They are Aussies. They booked me for an engagement session and I don't do engagement sessions during wedding season because it just gets too busy. But this one, they were willing to pay. I think I put my engagement sessions up to three and a half thousand for one and a half hours for two hours. And they were willing to pay that. So I was like, okay, I can give up, you know, my afternoon on a Monday. That's fine. And then we got along so well. And then they just loved their photos and loved the experience. And they were like, we'd like to book you for Santorini. So that's a good tactic if anyone wants to yeah, get them on the earlier side for the engagement session, then hopefully they can book you for a wedding later. Absolutely. So good. So good. I said in the intro that you book up to 20 weddings and I think you indicated that was correct. So do you have a target revenue number that you're chasing for the year? So when I started, my target revenue was 100,000 and then it slowly increased It's slowly increased, but my weddings, I have hoped to drop the number. So my first wedding season, I shot 24, the second wedding season, 36, the third wedding season, 36, which was just the one bean. And then this one, I booked 16 weddings. First year I made $9,000. It was COVID. I was so stoked with that. I could make $9,000 doing my own thing. This is amazing. Second season, I made 77,000. Third season, I made 275,000. <laughs> and then this year, I think I've made 225. Nice. So that's gross, isn't it? That's not net. It's gross. Yes. And so this is where I need to work on okay, how much profit do I actually? Because I invest, I guess I'm still in the starting stages of the business where I just pretty much invest everything that I make. So then I'm like, wait a minute, okay, I also would like to buy a house and how much money do does the family need and what is our thrive amount that we would love to have to create the lifestyle that we would like. So that's what I'm working on at the moment to figure out how many, in terms of creating a harmonious lifestyle, the number of weddings that I'd love to shoot is not 36, it's probably 10. So me shooting 16, but still making a similar amount to what I did last year, shooting 36, Mm -hmm. like things are getting better. That's a nice way to be doing business. Yeah. Yeah. Let me take you back to the beginning. You know, when I introduced you there, I said, you know, you broke into the market in a different way. Again, if I was correct in saying that you invested heavily in your brand and your branding, Mm -hmm. you work with couples to create these styled shoots. That sounds very strategic. Where did you get the idea to do that? It comes from my background in, I've always done photography, but not always professionally. I have a background in marketing, social media, digital marketing, a little bit of PR and fashion. So I've always just known about brand and good brands, but it it has taken time to learn that. And so starting my business, I already had this background of 
I know what makes a solid brand and what makes a solid high-end or luxury brand. And that's what I want to create. So what is that? What does it take to be that high-end luxury brand? Desirability, social credit, or that the social standing of like testimonials, other people will love to share that they are also using that brand or wearing that brand. Also brand alignment with only certain other vendors or companies or brands that are in the same aesthetic and the same pricing zone. So this is where I really needed to introduce myself to these different vendors, planners, stylists, wedding venues, and say, I've come from nowhere, like I'm new, but here's what, here's my work. And so that's how I could show with my styled shoots that this is the quality of my work. Here are some brands that I have worked with on this shoot and who align with my values. And so I've just really tried to stick to that. So you you basically, you formulated this plan. So you knew what you had to do with your previous experience. Talk me through the process of setting up that style shoot. Did you hire models? Did you hire a makeup artist and hairdresser? Did you do a, a trade for prints or trade for files? So I had worked previously, shot backstage for a fashion designer who's based in Adelaide, Paolo Sebastian. I actually, the way I got in backstage was I had my camera and... I said, you know, is there any way to get backstage to shoot some behind the scenes? And they're like, no, because we already have accredited photographers here. I said, give me five minutes and then you can throw me out. They said, okay, fine, just come in, but you have to leave before the show starts. So I got in, shot for five minutes, looked around. No one was there going, okay, lay time to leave now. So I just stayed the whole show. Then I stayed the next show. I didn't leave backstage. They couldn't, they wouldn't let me back in. But I just stayed the whole time for the two shows and it was amazing. And I shared the photos with Pal or the lead designer, Paul, and the team straight away and then shared them on social media as soon as I got home. And that meant that my photos were the ones to go viral. I don't know if that helped much on this side of things, like wedding photography in terms of me sharing those same images behind the scene, the backstage ones, which I still have on my Instagram, and then being able to reach out later and say, I'm doing a styled shoot, I would love to loan your gowns. And they all had already known that I'd shot for them and shot these nice images that got really good traction. So I hired a model and then I asked everyone else if they would just like to work on a styled shoot. I said I had this designer who was, you know, high-end luxury and I found a model that was wanting to also shoot and wear Paolo Sebastian and I paid her. Okay. How much did you pay her? Because she wanted, she was normally, I think, 3000 for the day, which I would have done, but she wanted to shoot with Paolo Sebastian. So she charged me a thousand. So it's just even just having one brand name. And there's, this is unknown photographer shooting this one brand name. And that sort of set the right, everything in motion. Exactly. Exactly. Let me take you back to that, that fashion show. So you turned up, did you have an invitation? You turn up just as a guest to go and watch. I had bought a ticket to to watch the show. Okay, and you had your your what your Canon, you know, five D with you or something. I had a Sony A seven. <laughs> okay, right. And are you dressed, you know, in a fashion? Uh, are you dressed up? You know, like what you're wearing now. Like you would make a statement as soon as you walk into the room. And maybe you can describe for the listener what you're wearing now. It's a beautiful, uh, colourful dress. I think it is. It's a blue top from LMA with a high neck and like puff sleeves. And just, yeah, lovely color, love LMA. And that's an interesting thing with part of the brand. A lot of people forget this is like, it's not just how your Instagram looks or how your logo or your colors are or your website. It's how you are. And so if you turn up wearing, you know, like board shorts and, or like a sloppy t or like pajama, you know, yeah, you're going to be perceived differently as if you showed up and 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 this is a top underneath i have my active wear <laughs> leggings on but you can't see that and that is okay <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so tell me so what were you wearing when you turned up to the fashion show with your camera like were you dressed up to the nines i was dressed up as an attendee to go to the show so i, was, I think i was wearing maybe a black blazer some sort of top like this black pants heels and 
Yeah, it looked like I was meant to be there or meant to be backstage. Right. And who did you approach? It was one of the girl, the event coordinators on the door. <laughs> well, okay. So, and she had the clout to allow you to go backstage. Yeah, because she was going to get in trouble if there were more. Because if everyone got backstage, that you know, it'd be so. And like models are getting changed back there, they would have, have no idea who I was. But I was just like, please let me backstage. And yeah, it worked. And so then the following year. I emailed them because it was in Adelaide. I had to fly over and I said, can I come back and shoot backstage again? And they said, yeah, please. Amazing. We'd like to invite you back. So it's just, I guess, take the risks, even just ask. And they could say no. And same with Paolo Sebastian. I've asked a few times and every time they say yes, they've recently run workshops for wedding photographers and it didn't align with their brand to be featured on 25 different photographers' websites. So they said no to learning a gown for my workshops, which I totally, I completely understand. Sure. Okay, so you establish this relationship, which is amazing. You've got these photos on Instagram, which are getting traction. You book a model, you set up this photo shoot. So is it bride only or do you find a groom as well for this uh, style shoot? So this is where I've always... When it comes to fashion editorial and fashion bridal editorial, there's hardly ever a groom. It's always just a girl, a bride looking beautiful and like, you know, maybe she's run away from the groom. I'm not sure, but, you know, often like just running in a field and he he's nowhere to be seen. It's also cheaper for us because we don't need to hire a groom. <laughs> so that's how I've done my styled shoots. I've only done a few over the years. I've actually got one tomorrow. And now I treat them like campaigns. And this is where I will invest the money in a good model, in trying to make every element the best as, as it can. If I only do one or two a year, it's worth the investment, say $5,000 to create this brand campaign for myself. And the other thing that really worked was putting money into a website and branding. I knew what looked good, but I couldn't do it myself. Cool. All right, I'm going to ask you about your website and branding in just a second, but let's say, so for tomorrow's shoot, you're investing, I think you said $5,000. Is that the full investment? That's everything? Yeah, it's with some incidentals. So I put in, you know, $500 for courier, maybe some extra for dry cleaning, model cost. Right. So from that $5,000, I'm sure you're going to have some photos for your website, some for socials, Instagram, Facebook. You know, you're going to have something to talk about on your podcast. Like how do you get your money's worth out of that $5,000 expense, that investment? So it shows exactly the type of client that I would like to attract and shows what I, the details and, and the elements that I love as much as I love the emotion and the beautiful part of the day that it's someone's wedding, but people come to me because they love the editorial details and how I capture the styling elements because that's important to them as well. So showcasing that because what I'm finding with a lot of, as I'm getting into the education space, a lot of people are just waiting to get the perfect portfolio wedding that has every element that they want and that will book them all the work. But they're waiting. And I don't think there's any chance that there's going to be a 100% portfolio wedding. It might have elements that is perfect, but other things might not be so perfect. So creating your own campaign, this is what all the brands do. They wouldn't wait for someone to, you know, say a luggage brand wouldn't wait for someone to buy a piece of luggage to then shoot some content and go, I hope that's our, you know, next winning shot that will make us all the money. They make a campaign out of it and would sell their luggage like that. So Yeah, I get that. I totally respect and understand where you're coming from, but surely after your you know, 36 weddings from last year and 36 from the year before, you must have all those elements already captured to market you know, for the next five years. Yes, but then the ideal client keeps changing. Right, so you're going higher and higher end. Yes, and so there's even tiny elements like even a shoe brand that just won't make it to the Instagram because or the website because it's just not not right. <laughs> it's like even to that detail. So what do you mean that the brides that you photographed aren't wearing the right brand of shoes that you would like to have featured on your website? Yes. And it sounds so tedious, but 
and I get it. I'm a practice, like I'm not my ideal client either. And this is what I started out being like, I'm totally my ideal client just with my ideal client has more money. But actually I realize I'm not, I'm not flying to Europe, you know, once a year, spending two months over there and buying all the luxury shoes. I would rather have the comfortable shoes at my wedding as well. And yeah, but it is, so I think it's realigning myself with where is the brand going? Some past shops that were definitely the ideal, the ideal client then are now moving into not being as ideal just because of even the venue might just be a little bit, you know, maybe it looks too Aussie. It doesn't look European enough. Those sort of things that very being very selective to attract, yeah, that higher end luxury client. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Take us back to when you hired someone to help with your branding. So did you actually map all this out yourself or did you hire a designer to actually, you know, to paint your vision? I hired a designer. I knew which elements I wanted to, what I wanted to look like. And it still hasn't actually changed very much. It's still been like elegant, luxurious, while still approachable. And so I basically just painted this picture for them, showed them my work, and then they were able to create this new brand and website, which I am now now moving, as I was saying about moving into a higher end or like a luxury market, I'm now pairing that back on my website to not, it's a completely, this is, a, I'm still in transition. So it'll be interesting after talking to you, seeing, you know, looking back at my journey, maybe even in a year and how much it's changed, but it's really worked for the high-end client, what I've been doing now to the luxury. How do I navigate that? And it's not about money for them. It's about trust, desirability, credibility, brand alignment. So I'm seeing all the elements that you're talking about and describing on your website right now. So I'll be interested to see where it goes as well. But how did you get to where you are now? I mean, like you said, yes, you hired a designer, you had this vision. Did you say, you know, did you give her or him, you know, brands that you wanted to be associated with, you know, like Vogue or Harper's Bazaar or Gucci? You know, did you say, I want my fonts to look like theirs uh, or like the magazine fonts? Like, did you go to that kind of detail? No, I think they did though, in terms of just how they knew in their head, I have my own top 20 list and this is what I do every year. I write a top 20 list of brands that I'd love to work with in some way. Even if it's not a wedding brand, say if it's Chanel, I want to, if they're on my top 20 list, is there some way that I can align myself with their brand? I went to my designers, hello, hello, because they were the experts in their field. So there was complete trust there. And it's the exact way that I want to be received by my clients is there's complete trust. Another reason to do a styled shoot is they can see, okay, you've directed this. This is, there's all the trust there. My ideal client comes to me with no brief, love what you do, just shoot our day as you see it. Right. And that's the ideal. Yeah, that, I mean, that's every photographer's ideal, isn't it? It's so good. So with the designer, with, did you say hello, hello? Mm-hmm. Did you sit down with them or you know, was it over Zoom or emails and, you know, describe your perfect avatar? Did you have to map out colors? Did you have to have like in-depth conversations about, you know, who your ideal client is, who you're trying to attract, what you don't want, what you do want? So they asked me all of those questions. So they could paint a clear picture of what I was wanting. They didn't ask about colors and things because we're leaving it up to them to yeah figure that out. But it was more, what words do you associate with? Who is your ideal client? How much are your, how much are your prices and things? So we can align that way. And so when it came to giving me my first iteration of the brand, they had already sent me a back brief. So this is what we see it looking like something like this. What do you think? And they hadn't done any work, but they had pinned a mood board together of all different, different sort of fonts that they were thinking some of my images, so it could look cohesive. And they said, what do you think about this vibe? 
And I was like, yep, it's perfect. So then they came back and like, with only one iteration of the logo, I know that some designers give like three or so, so you can pick which one you prefer. But for them, they think if they ask all the right questions and do the pre-work, then they would deliver exactly what you were looking for instead of like, what about something like one of these, which ones do you prefer? So it worked, it worked really well. Amazing. So I imagine at that time, and I might have the timeline incorrect here, but it sounds like, you know, you'd shot a wedding for $350 and now you're about to go in and charge, you know, five, six, seven, eight thousand $8,000. So was that a scary conversation to be having with the designer saying, you know, I want to be associated with these top fashion brands, yet I've only charged $350 so far. Like, was that something you were fighting with in your head or were you supremely confident knowing that that's the trajectory you're on? Confident. Unreal. So where did that come from, that confidence? I just had to make it work. Why? Like, why wouldn't you be a, a typical photographer that went from $350 to you know, $1,000 to $2,000 to two and a half to three? What allowed you to go from three fifty to 8000 I have expensive taste and need to, <laughs> need to fuel that somehow. No, I think it was purely because I associate shot and second shot for a few photographers in the early year, year and a half. And I figured out that the weddings that were where aesthetics wasn't a focus, it was a bit of a chore. They were so beautiful. Like I'm always so honored to be part of someone's day, but if they love the details and it doesn't have to be designer things, sometimes the wedding actually doesn't cost very much, but the style and their little details are so beautiful and done so well that that lights me up. When I get to a wedding, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would shoot this for free. It's so good. That's when, that's when I know I've hit the jackpot on the head. And, and so that's what I bring out in my, everything I do is I love these elements as much as I also love, you know, the emotion and the, like the ceremony of the day. I love beautiful things. And if you love beautiful things too, then we will get along. So I knew that if I was shooting a backyard barbecue wedding, that would be a bit of a slog for me. Right. So when was the crossover? At what price point was the crossover from you being your own ideal client to, okay, now I'm moving up in the uh, in society. I'm shooting a different a different kind of client. I think the actual it was almost like all the weddings that were under $5,000, which I think that average actually might be six and a half now, just with inflation, it might. But back a year and a half ago, 5,000 was anyone under that. There were things that even the client, they wanted more from me. They wanted me to stay extra time. They didn't trust what I was doing. They had to, you know, list out these, are all the details that we'd like you to capture. It's like, yeah, I know. Whereas the people over 5,000, they were like, do whatever you want. We love your work. Just be free. Wow. So those clients actually became better. Yes. And so that's what I'm telling. Or easier. Yeah. I'm telling people who I'm doing mentoring calls with, you will find there's like, there's a sudden, what is it, like a sudden lip that they just go over and then they turn out to be easier clients. Maybe because of the whole price equals perceived value. Maybe, maybe they're less bargain hunters because under four, when I was, I made a package where I was seven, seven hours, which was my perfect, perfect amount of coverage. I realize now I can't fit all the things I want to within seven hours. If they want getting ready and dance floor, it's not going to happen. But seven hours was perfect because I wasn't too tired the next day. I still had little ones. So was waking up over the night, still waking up over the night, but seven hours was perfect. So I said, okay, if I price up seven hours, I think it comes to four, nine. So that slipped into the $4,000 budget people. So they could stretch to four, nine and they were like, great, we're getting lay. She's still, you know, in the 4,000 mark, but then would, can we remove the timeline consultation? Can we remove the fine art prints? Can we remove the cloud storage? So they would take off, you know, $200, $200. And then it gets it closer to the 4,000. And then a year later when I'm shooting it, it's like, this is not my ideal client. <laughs> I can totally see that. I can see. And I imagine then, you know, this Santorini wedding will be the exact opposite. Like they won't even notice you. You'll just be going about doing your thing and that'll just leave you to it. 
Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. So you launched the website. Am I right in assuming that you literally have only styled shoots on your website at that point? Yes. I had the backstage Paolo Sebastian shots. That was it. Wow. And because we also went into COVID. So people start, people weren't very, it was a great time for me to dive into education and learning like, how do I actually shoot a wedding? And so that was a great time to reflect on the brand and the business while I also had no bookings. And then I would get people across the line through my website branding. So it looked professional. I was very upfront about my experience. I announced on my blog and on Instagram that my goal was to become one of the best wedding photographers in the world. I launched that like, I don't know, six months into the business. I had shot my registry wedding. Then we went into COVID. But I was like, I'm putting this out there, guys, that I am going to announce this to keep me accountable. And if I don't get up there, you know, that's a pretty big name to like a shoes to fill. If I don't get there, that's fine. But at least this is what I'm trying to do. And no one ever asked me like, oh, how many weddings have you shot? And they just. No one asked. No one asked you that. No one asked. Wow, that's so good. And so, yeah, they would look at my wedding, my fashion photography work from the backstage Palo Sebastian and were like, I want to look like that. That's what I want to look like. Right. So I'm, I'm booking you. Wow. So they didn't even need wedding photos to be booking you. As long as they could see themselves in the images that you were showing, that's it. You were the photographer for them. Yeah. And obviously some people would have maybe not got back to my inquiries or not or my replies or maybe not even inquired in the first place because of the lack of experience maybe, which is so fine. But we only have 52 weekends in a year and obviously we don't want to be shooting every weekend. And so the first year when I shot 24 weddings, I can't remember where, I think that some were for other people but some were for myself and all I needed was just a few of mine to get myself off the ground. And I was able to share some of the associate shots that I shot for other people when they were shooting in the style that I wanted to be or the weddings that I wanted to be shooting, the editorial ones. And I was like, this is what I want and this is how much they're charging. That's how much I need to charge. Wow. So do you ever hear from those photographers that you were shooting as an associate for and they see your prices now? We still chat. I do get now that I'm very much podcasting and like out into the world with my education and things. I do get a bit nervous that people look and find out or hear what I'm, you know, what I'm charging and they think, you know, oh, she has no right to do that. I I have those feelings because it's like the audacity lay, the audacity (laughs) that you were charging this, but then people are booking. Yeah. Good on so, you. Good on you. Yeah, that's amazing. The clients that you're booking now, I'm assuming they're not coming to you through Facebook ads. How are they finding you? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Oh, it sounds amazing. Look, I've got a list of 10 quick questions, but before I get to those, if we've still got time to do them, if you're happy to, Please tell us about how we can find your podcast, how we can learn about your mentoring, where we can see more of your work, or where's the best place to go and find you online? So my Instagram is Lele Clavey. That's L-E-I-L-E-I-C-L-A-V-E-Y. Then I also have an education Instagram account and a website as well for that is leleclaveyeducation.com or Instagram is just leleclaveyeducation. My podcast, which is just at the 10 episodes, so it's still new but very exciting. It's called Life and Lens. So you can find that on all everywhere where you listen to your podcasts. And, yeah, with mentoring it's been really fun because I also get imposter syndrome about this, but then it shouldn't really be imposter syndrome because I'm not, it's, you know, all just... I'm not, yeah, being an imposter, but being a mentor now, I just love sharing the journey of my steps to anyone who's one step behind me, who just would like to move their business. I have some people who are very new and they're trying to figure things out and I don't want them to have to be shooting 75 weddings a year to then think that they can put up their prices. 
you know, and then I've had other people who have been in the industry for 16 years and they're like, whoa, lay, you did it in three. What have I been doing? I have to make changes now. So just it being able to inspire other people to like, you can just create the lifestyle you want and yeah, do something different with your business if it's not working for you. So good. I love how fast you've come up and where you're heading, the trajectory. It's amazing. It's going to be absolutely inspirational for the listener. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'll add links to anywhere and everywhere that the listener can find you online, including the podcast. Um, Just with the podcast, is it business focused? Is it shooting focused? Is it interviews? Is it just you? It is a mixture of solo and interviews and it's business and a bit of photography less techie i'm more a um a creative artist rather than like lo- I, I do love gear but i'm not super techie but i love mindset business entrepreneurship mindfulness I, I think that one big thing so it's about balance and success or success and balance and creating you can hustle as hard as you want but if you're not happy and if you're not balanced in other areas of your life then you're not going to thrive you're just going to survive until you don't anymore because you hit the ground so true true i love that all right i'll add links like i said in the show notes to where everyone can find you i didn't set you up for this but have you you got time to do these questions if i fire them at you Mm, go for it all right let's go yeah (laughs) you did mention earlier that you were shooting on a sony a7r but my first question is what camera system are you using for your weddings i am using r5 and an r6 Canon. And you're shooting film as well, or is that just... Film as well. Which film camera? I have a Canon AE-1. I also have a Fuji GA645 and then a cute little Olympus Mu 1. Nice one. I like it. Favourite lens and why? 50mm, the Canon RF 50mm 1.2 L-series. It is so beautiful for details, portraits. I could shoot on that all day if it just gave me a little bit more space, like a 35. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Studio Ninja. And my next question is, do you have a favorite piece of software that you use in your business? And it doesn't have to be Studio Ninja, but it might be. Probably on par with Studio Ninja and now Imagine AI. So I have a lot, a lot of images in Imagine and... I probably can't say this too soon. Maybe I'll say it and then if it doesn't come to fruition, then it, um, but I'm also going to have a, a talent profile set up with them. Unreal. Which is really exciting. I thought that might be coming. <laughs> I thought that, that's exciting. That's so good. Yeah. I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> so good. Best thing you've ever done for your business? Go all in with investment, with just heading towards the goals, taking the risks. And if it didn't work out, find another way. So good. Well, talking about finding another way, have you ever had a, a setback in your business so far? Mm, I've had several. And I think it's come from maturity that I have been able to not just dwell on them, but grow from them. And yeah, I'm so thankful for every. I think in the past, like in my 20s, I would have just blamed other people or blamed the gear or, you know, blamed something else, but not myself. And now I don't even blame myself. I'm just like, thank you for that feedback, wherever it came from or whatever happened. Thank you for that thing to happen because I know what to change. Oh, I know now I need to change this. And I think I just put it down to maturity because I definitely would have blamed other elements and not done anything about it. Well, are you talking about lost images, a corrupt card, overexposed film? What are you talking about there? Like communication issues with couples. I haven't had any tech issues so far, touch wood, but it's like communication issues with couples where they think I'm going to be one place and I think they're going to be another place. And that's an easy fix because that couple, that couple then might be disappointed or like upset or something because time is shortened. But in terms of next couple, know exactly what to do. You know, it's just communication. Little changes like that, that is like, oh, when I hear other people or even I, it's like, oh, they wanted to keep me for photography coverage for the 45 minutes and they ran over for 45 minutes. It's like, well, what do I do about that next time? Right. Little things like that. And then there's been some bigger things that sometimes it's, it's actually not about you 
it's about the person making the com. It's it's something. It even comes from us, right? If we make a certain comment or a judgment about something to someone else, it's you're projecting your own feelings. So when someone else is giving criticism about something, it's coming from within. It's not maybe not a criticism about you personally. True, that's so, true. Yeah, I like that. If you had to start over, you're going to move to the UK, London, and to start over, and you know what you know right now, what would you do to kick things off quickly? I would get out there and meet all the vendors and the local creatives in the area. I would shoot styling for the top-end venue stylist planners and just really get to know them, not just through emails and Instagram, but really show them my personality, not only like, oh, here's my work, but show them that I would be an easy and fun person to work with. And that's why, you know, they would want to work with me in the future. I think it's those connections and not only just to get work, but also just to create a community. I found that having community from since I started has just been the best because that's where I can ask questions. You know, we're at in our offices at home all the time, just having friends now to bounce off like, oh, I had just got that, this inquiry. How much should I charge for this? You know, those sort of things. It's really um, surrounding yourself with community. That's key. But for you to do that now, I imagine your community, like it must be not volatile, but changing because you're not the, you know, the $3,000 photographer anymore. You're the $18,000 photographer now. So who, who do you talk to? Mm, well, now I feel like I have two communities though. So I have now with my education, I have the, like whatever they're charging, the new photographers and then people who want to move up. And so that's that one community that I used to be in. And then now the new community is the other photographers wanting to get into the luxury space. So they're, we're in the same spot where we're both trying to figure out how do you make the connections with the planners what do the luxury couples want that we are failing at because our other couples wanted all the things, but now the new luxury client doesn't. So it's actually just, yeah, it's jumping into new groups through new courses. And, and that's one thing that I'll hopefully never stop doing is just educating myself. For sure. A uh, couple more and we'll finish off here. Are you a reader, a book reader? Love it. Yeah. Have you read a book or can you recommend a book that's had a, you know, a positive impact on your life or your business? Mm, a few. Okay. I love reading You're a Badass at Making Money. That I probably read once every six months and listen to the audio book. Really? Yep. Right. And I'm figuring out whenever I don't have any, if I don't have money flow coming in, then I'm not putting enough mindfulness towards money and where it's coming from so then I read that again and it gets me back in the zone of like manifesting and I love I love all that a bit of woo I love it I also have just read or am reading The Mountain Is You I don't know that one who's it by I I have to I'll find it I'll find a link to it but it's really good because it's about basically other things or other people aren't in your way you're in your way so if you're not getting anywhere, it's because it's you, you know, and it's that stuff that I know I was like, I'm so fine. Like I'm not in my way at all. And then I started reading the book and I realized I'm in my way so much, maybe not how other people are, but yeah. So that was quite enlightening because I thought that I yeah wasn't in my way, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> Two great recommendations. All right. I'll link to those in the show notes. Last question for you, Lele. As far as other photographers, who do you look up to? Who should I get on the podcast to interview next? Oh, so there's a photographer that I love and I've asked her, but she is in her um, zone of saying no with boundaries. So you could try, Andrew, you could try. Um, Alice Moran, she's one of my favourites and she used to be based in Australia, wedding photographer, editorial wedding photographer, but now she's based in Europe and, yeah, she's amazing. Also KT Mary, she is a luxury 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 wedding photographer she probably shoots 10 weddings a year 50 to 70,000 US dollars each pop and yeah very inspiring to head towards a lifestyle like that but completely different ball game unreal 
Lele, this has been such a pleasure. I know we've gone over time, so thank you so much for sharing everything you have. I know for a fact that one day when I ask that last question to other photographers, they're going to be saying, you've got to get Lele back on. And I'm going to say, well, I already did back when she was only charging $20,000. So <laughs> massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything you have. Thank you so much, Andrew, for having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lele as much as I did. Lele, if you are listening, again, massive thanks for coming on, sharing everything you did, and also massive kudos and congrats to you for achieving what you have in the short time that you have. Absolutely incredible. I know it takes guts and determination and self-belief to, to get to where you are already so quickly, and I can't wait to do a follow-up interview with you in the future to see exactly how far you've gone and where you are going because to me the sky is the limit after talking to you today again massive thanks for you the listener i do hope there were a ton of takeaways from what lele had to share if you would like to learn more from her i've got links to anything and everything that she shared in the show notes for today's episode and they are at photobizx.com forward slash 543 now in those show notes in addition to the links i've got examples of her fantastic work you can see exactly what i was talking about and referring to when i was talking about her photography it's all there in that one spot plus if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Lele into our members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to her there if you have a follow-up question or if you just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing what you did. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, that is just about going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. No big sales today. Black Friday is over. <laughs> I don't know if that's a relief for you, if you feel like that's a good thing. Uh, hopefully, whatever you did invest in, if anything, you're getting stuck into that training or enjoying those savings that you made. Over here at the Helmich household, we have a totally different focus this week because on Saturday, my eldest son, Matthew, is getting married to his fiancée, Lauren. So it's all systems go in regards to the wedding. There is ceremony rehearsals, haircuts, reception room organizing. There is, there is so much happening this week for not only the bride and groom-to-be and their bridal party, but also for all of us. I know that I have a list of things that I'll have to do, but it's shaping up to be a fantastic week ahead and uh, should be a, a really, really lovely wedding. Fingers crossed, though, the weather is good because Linda is already freaking out that it's going to be close to 40 degrees and that's Celsius. I think that's up around 100 in, uh, in Fahrenheit. Whatever it is, it's looking like it's going to be a super hot day and we're hoping that the weather forecast is slightly out and it will be a little cooler. Anyway, either way, I'm sure we're going to have a fantastic day. Alrighty, that is it for me for this week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Lele. What an incredible business operator and photographer. Love to hear your takeaways from that one. Would you would you have the guts to do what she's doing or what she's done? Uh, I think it's truly inspirational. And uh, again, hope you got a ton from what she had to share. Have a great week wherever you are in the world. Stay safe, healthy, and well. And I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. enjoyed this episode head to photobizx.com join the conversation leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with andrew and today's special guest 